Hello and welcome to a Brave Space podcast with Dr. Meeks. I'm your host, Chelsea Glasgow, and it's my pleasure to welcome Dr. Catherine Meeks. How are you? I am well, Chelsea. How are you today? I'm all right. And listen, we're going to try to keep um, our spirits up, but this conversation is really one that gets us fired up and ready to go. New Florida standards teach students that some Black people benefited from slavery because it taught useful skills. Now, listen, this means that in Florida, the 2023 social studies curriculum is going to include on how slaves develop skills that could be used for personal benefit, according to a copy of the state's academic standards. What were your initial thoughts, Dr. Meeks, when you heard this breaking news about Florida's change in curriculum? Well, I was sad that we have this level of ignorance in our country, in people that are educators. I was beyond outraged that somebody would think that this was a valid way to talk about the experiences of African Americans, uh, well, Africans who were brought here and enslaved, that there was anything useful about slavery is is an indefensible premise to hold. You cannot take away people's freedom and dignity and injure people and wound them as Africans who were enslaved were, and then talk about that there was any benefit to that. I mean, there's just, for me, that's just too... Some two things that just can't be in the same conversation. And I have this incredible sense of outrage about it. Absolutely. I mean, anybody um, who has moral sense, common sense would be outraged too. And here's the thing, Dr. Meeks, you know, as I was reading just about how detailed this change of curriculum is, not only did they say, you know, slavery um, help people develop skills and per- for their personal benefit. But it also teaches how Black people were the perpetrators of violence during race massacres. Uh, the specific language says, instruction includes acts of violence perpetrated against and by African Americans, but it's not limited to the 1906 Atlanta race riot, 1919 um, Washington, D.C. race riot, and so on and so forth. You know, the way that they are rewriting or attempting to rewrite and educate our children is something that, again, gets us outraged. But also, you know, to be honest, it makes me a little fearful, Dr. Meeks, that people will be this ignorant to try to rewrite a curriculum and thus rewrite history. Well, first of all, let me just say, There've always been those around that that we, we there's a genre of them. We call them revisionists, and they're people who want to take history and fix it to suit themselves. They generally are some little scholar somewhere off writing their own version of history in a book that gets stuck in the library and and doesn't cause much harm. In this case, and in cases such as these that we see now in the twenty first century, twenty first century it's much more dangerous because we've got the media as an accomplice to this foolishness so mm-hmm. that it gets talked about over and over and over and people will start accepting it as true and something that needs to be taken into consideration. 1919 was considered red summer in this country because of the attacks of white people upon uh, African people of African descent who were trying to make a little headway toward freedom. 
it was not Black people perpetrating violence against other Black people, nor white people. It, it In some instances, the Black people were trying to defend themselves. And every time they tried to defend themselves, then they were considered to be the villains, but they didn't start the stuff in the first place. So, you know, taking all of this, I mean, it's just it just makes, you know, you have to really take a bunch of calm yourself down uh, breaths to, to even talk about it without screaming because it's ignorant, it's, it is evil, it is intentional, and it's, and it's really indefensible. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Mies, I always find it difficult to communicate with people or, you know, that just don't get it. You know, people that just, it's like so black and white, it's so clear that this is immoral. As a matter of fact, an excerpt um, from NBC actually said that the Florida's African-American History Standards Work Group defended this new curriculum by stating that this is comprehensive and rigorous instruction on African-American history. And we proudly stand behind these African-American history standards. You know, again, how do you respond to someone who is boldly ignorant? Well, first of all, hopefully there will be enough brave-hearted teachers in the state of Florida who will teach that foolishness and then quickly hand out the, the corrections to their students mm-hmm. and, and say, this is what the textbook says, this is what the truth is. That, that is the stance I would take. Hopefully, there will be people who will do that. But, Chelsea, the school and the teachers are not the only people that are responsible. The community, the churches, every civic-minded, sane person needs to be taking a stand against this nonsense and speaking up against it. So we can't just depend on any one group. You know, we're going to, as a Center for Racial Healing, we're going to do our part. We're going to talk about it. We're going to take out ads, the protesting. We're going to do everything we can and and continue to do that always and encourage every faith um, professing person and anybody who's got a, a thimble full of common sense to mm-hmm. protest and stand up against this kind of thinking, this kind of of proposing that we should be talking to children. We should not be telling these kinds of lies to our children simply because parents, racist parents don't want to deal with racism. They would rather just change the story, you know, just make it fit what you want it to fit without really thinking, what are you doing to your own soul, to the souls of your children and how does that impact black people as well? Mm. So that you know, there's so much uh, to be considered here. Well, I know personally, I haven't seen too much outrage about this. You know, I just haven't seen people protesting in the streets about what's happening in education. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my question is: Do you think that's a matter of awareness, or do you think that's a matter of people mm-hmm. caring? What do you think is the risk or what do we lose when we rewrite history? 
But when you're saying injurious things such as this, you can't let it go, number one, because it is too injurious to black and brown people and, and white people too. Mm-hmm. White people don't understand how much they're wounded by the lies that they've been taught and the mm-hmm. lies that they keep telling themselves. And the, the, it's, in, it's injurious to live in the midst of a lie rather than in the truth. You know, and, and and people sit in church on Sunday morning where there is this clear proclamation from Jesus Christ who Christians say they're following that says the truth will set you free. So if the truth will set you free, then the not truth will keep you in bondage. And if you're choosing to stay in bondage, you that's a, not a good choice. I don't choose to be there with somebody who's making that choice. I think that... Uh, Many people are so busy just trying to keep put food on the table, manage their lives and take care of the stuff that's coming down the road at them on a daily basis until they hardly know what their kids are being taught at school. Mm. And it's important for people, for parents to start paying more attention. But, but until they do, those of us that are paying attention have to stand in the gap and have to say no not on our watch. You don't get to do this and, and we're not going to let it go by without making plenty noise over it. You know, I know that the mother who gets up in the morning and she's got three or four children to get off to school and then try to get to work and work all day and get them home and get them fed and get homework done. It's difficult to be a revolutionary in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. But it's important for those of us who've got some time to stand up and say, no, you don't get to teach her children just anything because she's busy. You know, we, we're going to stand up here and call you out and mm. and fight with you if, to whatever extent we have to, to, to get you to understand that you don't get to just say anything. I- and as I said earlier, people have been revising history for a long time and people may continue to revise history, but you better be careful what the revisions are. And this is a step way too far. Mm. I, I could, I couldn't agree with you more, Dr. Meeks. I think, you know, um, the charge to the community to pay attention uh, for those who may, you know, may cannot, may not be able to, may not understand exactly what's going on. For those of us who are hearing this message, who are alert, um, it's up to us to see it and say something about it. You know, one of the other things that you pointed out is kind of how subtle um, these changes are being made, right? It's not that they changed all the words Mm -hmm. in the chapter. They just kind of, you know, made a little tweak here and there, changed the word from slave to friends, you know? And and it's so subtle that if we (laughs) are not paying attention, it will happen. And before you know it, the whole book will be rewritten and we won't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. What's going on now is that, you know, if people cannot rewrite the history um, and be revisionist, they will also silence and remove the history. Which brings us to our next topic Mm -hmm. about banned books in schools and public libraries and how that number is doubling, tripling in number as far as books not being allowed to be read. And we're talking about books like 1619, books by, you know, Toni Morrison. Uh, We're talking about books that speak on narratives of people of color. 
um, or even LGBTQIA, these are the books that are being silenced. Dr. Meeks, what are your thoughts? So I think it's very important for us to understand like the foundation of this stuff. And the foundation is white folks who are particularly white men who are finally catching a glimpse of the fact that white supremacy has had its day. You know, that that it's not going to be, they're not going to be the majority very much longer. And and they are scared to death. And so now they've got to see what, how can they get control back? And, And part of that is to see if you can manage women and talk about gender and silence the the blacks and brown people that you thought were going to be slaves and servants for their entire life who are now free and had the audacity to even get one of them elected president. Can you imagine the nightmare that you live in if your whole identity is grounded and you have to be the majority and you have to be superior and you look at what's going on in this country? That's got to be a nightmare for you, correct? So how then do you deal with your nightmare, your fear, your dream? You try to erase the, 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 the source of it. So if you can get books banned, if you can rewrite history, if you can control women's bodies, if you can uh, make uh, LGD, LGBT people less than human, you then can feel like you're superior again. So that's the, that's the agenda. The agenda they don't I don't think they care that much one way or the other about life nor education. They care about losing power and losing status. And the fact of the matter is that that horse has left the barn and it's not going to come back. Now, what do you do in the face of that? You know, hopefully some of these folks will wake up and smell the the daisies and realize this is a lost cause and they might best try to find out how to live together. As Dr. King said, we've got to either learn how to live together as sisters and brothers or we'll all perish as fools. And I think there are plenty of white folks who are ready to perish as a fool rather than live together. And what a shame that is. But, you know, the good news is that there is a remnant, okay? And we and our listeners are proof of that. So for those who are willing and courageous to live together as community and for those who do care more about um, education opposed to the preservation of white supremacy, what do we do? And what is the Center for Racial Healing doing? But one thing we're doing, the Banned Books uh, campaign right now that people can participate in, People can donate money to us to buy books that have been banned, that we, we're creating a banned book library. So we want to have every banned book we can get our hands on, and we want to get it in the hands of somebody to, to have it read, because we will not stand by and have somebody say what books we can read and cannot read, number one. Number two, give us either money or books for the center, send them to us. But if you can't do that or don't want to do that, start something in whatever neighborhood you're in to highlight this. Talk to your family and friends and your neighbors about this whole issue. Don't act like it's not happening because that is the 
the to not act to acquiesce to it is one of the worst things that we can do number number 1 and 2 number 3 vote 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 voting matters but we need to vote some of these people out of office and make sure they never get to sit in a political chair again for the rest of their lives because they can change the rules if they get elected. And so it, it is a clear um, pattern. It, this is The stuff that's happening is not um, coincidental or happenstance. It's mapped out. It's clear. It's methodical. They've been working at this, you know, get the Supreme Court where you want it to be, get this group of people elected, get these things done. We need to we need to destabilize that by getting them out of office. Sharon Salzberg has a quote that I like that says, voting is the expression of our commitment to ourselves, one another, this country and this world. I think it's really important for people to understand that our vote is our voice and it's time to make some noise. Don't you think? I mean, so much is going on. So much is happening. And too many times we're silent looking for ways that we can speak up and voting is one of the major ways that we can contribute to change and not just in national elections, but also in local elections too. That's right. Chelsea, black and brown people have got to understand how important it is for them to vote, you know, we can we can sit in our homes with the 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 uh, the struggles around oppression bearing down on us, and think that our one little vote makes no difference. But when I, we put our one little vote with the thousands of other votes, that one little vote makes a big difference. And and not voting gets us not voting gets us the mess we have got. And locally, you know, we sometimes get confused and we don't pay enough attention to local voting. But local voting is so critical because whoever the police commissioner is and the police chief and who the mayor is and the city council people affect most of us on a daily basis more than who our senators are or who the president is. Even though we will be affected by some of those things on a daily basis you know, we are, if we have a police commissioner that's interested in police violence, then we, we're we at risk far more than if we have a, a law and order president. And so, you know, I just don't think we can talk too much about awareness, wake up, stand up, speak up. That's why we called our banned books campaign, Brave Pages, Read and Resist. Speak up. Be brave. You have, we have got to be brave. We have got to be brave. We have got to be willing to be inconvenienced. We have got to be willing to keep stepping up to the plate saying, not on my watch. You don't get to do this here. Not while I'm here. Not on our watch. As my Uncle Hank Stewart would say, it's our time. It's our turn. And if we don't take it, it's our fault. I hope this episode has encouraged you all to get active and to be courageous. If you would like to support and learn more about our banned book campaign, Brave Pages, Read, Resist, and Repeat, visit our website at centerforracialhealing.org. 
also connect with us on Facebook to continue the conversation and on Instagram and on YouTube by searching Center for Racial Healing. Thank you so much, Dr. Meeks, for being such a light of wisdom and accountability. You are welcome. And thank you so much for your listening ear. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of a Brave Space podcast with Dr. Meeks. Until next time, remember to be brave and always tell the truth. Bye-bye.